from Quite the Thing Media. Hello everyone, welcome back to What Maneuver Wrestling. I'm Kev, here to talk about the latest ups and downs, ins and outs in the wrestling world. Um, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts. First up, Mr Xander Staff. How are you, Xander? I'm doing well, mate. Thanks for having me back on. Always a pleasure, buddy. Always a pleasure. We need somebody to identify what these people at AEW keep trying to bring in and, and we're meant to know who that is. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the third man in this trio that's what they're called now isn't it trios matches um, is the wonderful Mr Craig Fayette Craig how are you I'm good buddy thanks for having me back on oh god you're, you're in with the furniture now mate um, right lads let's we're, we're here we're here to discuss the, the latest offering from AEW um, Double or Nothing 2022 live from Las Vegas now I will be honest, I have not watched a lot of current stuff since WrestleMania. I watched both nights of that live. Um, I think I watched a wee bit of Cody's return on Raw, and then nothing else has really captured me. But before we start with this, Xander, you're probably the, the biggest super fan out of all of us. What's your current pro wrestling weekly schedule viewing habits like? Um, well, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, we're all, um, we're all pretty massive Rangers fans here, so when... That whole sort of crazy couple of weeks happened just before the season ended. Um, the schedule kind of slowed down a good bit on the wrestling just because the, the football took over. But uh, now that the, the football's all done, I think I'm going to get back to my uh, raw impact. Probably some MWA pillar now. I see, I see that's coming back a bit now for a couple of recorded episodes. Um, probably some some Ring of Honor now that, that Tony's bought it. And uh, yeah, just your, your AEW stuff as well. Hopefully, some of the British stuff gets back up and running as well, and I can maybe try and catch up with that. <laughs> I'm exhausted just listening to you. Which, uh, <laughs> uh, impact still been a thing in 2022. Uh, who, who would have put money on that? Uh, boy, what have you been watching and what have your viewing habits been like since uh, the, the granddaddy of them all? Oh, I'm probably one of the, the few people who even stays up late to watch Raw until it sends me into a coma, and then recap it the following morning. Watching Dynamite, I keep on trying to get into um, Impact and also NWA, but I mean, between the what, five hours just with Raw and Impact alone, SmackDown have let fall by the wayside. Um I watched um, Friday Night's Dark um, before the pay-per-view, but that's only because my boys, the acclaimed, were on it. And, uh, yeah, they're just absolutely fantastic. But, yeah, I've got my, my five hours or so, and then I'd go into my, my angry old man wormhole of, like, 94 or 97 or something like that. Um, <laughs> Slamborees this week was the, the background um, pay-per-views. So just in case anyone sort of wonders, I'm the guy that turns up for cup finals and old firm games. Uh, Xander is home and away. You're on my GLs. You're the gold level. And I think, Craig, you're probably home games with the odd away game in the semi-finals and finals at Hampton. Just, just so we know where <laughs> we sort of sit, right? Um, yeah. Bumping the folk in Spain and all that good jazz. Aye. Aye. Um, it's the sort of folk that want to know if Terry Perluck's still playing. 
Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's talk AEW because believe it or not, Tony has not signed Terry Herlock. Although had this been 1992, he might very well have. Uh, so let's start with this pay-per-view, boys. Um, Craig, you wanted to start with the pre-show because you, you watched it. I'm going to be honest, I dipped in and out of this pay-per-view. Some of the sort of highlights I, I watched. Um, I mean, I watched full matches, but I didn't watch every single match. Uh, but Craig, you want to talk about the pre-show. You've already mentioned the acclaim, so apart from the acclaimed, what else was good on uh, the pre-show? Hook and Danhausen are doing their um, Booker T and Goldust 20 years later. I actually think Tony's an inadvertent genius. He's got all these um, wrestling figures in his toy box, and uh, now you have to watch everybody's show just to see the ones that you like, um, because you haven't seen the acclaimed or Hook on Dynamite for for uh, a good few weeks. So they're like, where are they going? I end up watching Dark. Oh, there they are. Um, the other one that's, that's conspicuous by his absence is um, Miro, Rusev. Uh, but apparently... He's, he's, filming a, uh, he's filming something in New York or something, isn't he? Yeah, something like that. But I think he was injured as well. It's a show for yeah. another day, this AEW roster, the bum size of it. Um, but yeah, no, very... Predictable five-minute tag match: Hook and Danhausen against Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. Um, the acclaimed pop up to to do their thing. They've got the the Gun Club in tow, or as they call them, the Ass Boys. Um, Billy's lads, but yeah, this for what it was to get you into the show. If you're adding a pre-show, then this pay-per-view and or premium live event, and then you what was the the media scrum afterwards? It was. That was three hours after the pay-per-view itself, so uh, certainly get a hell of a lot of money for your buck from old toy box, Tony. I'm sure we will talk about that, uh, but <laughs> the media scrum, I mean. Um, Xander, did you watch the pre-show? Are you a pre-show guy? Uh, yeah, I only watched it because my boy Danhausen was on it. Uh, I, honestly, I, I think he's one of the greatest characters in wrestling right now, um, and it was a good get from AEW to... Um, hire him up and you know if you believe any of the the dirt shooters out there apparently he's on one of the the lowest wages in AEW as well so he's just having a good old time um getting paid for a call for it <laughs> so uh, i can believe that about dan housing um, <laughs> I, I think jim Cornette calls him the the new orange cassidy he's another one it seems to have disappeared thankfully um Right, we may as well start the main show. We've got the usual crew on commentary, GR, Excalibur, and um, well, in fact, was Tony Schiavone there? I, I didn't even notice. Yeah, he was. Was he? He was on the pre-show and then they ended the pre-show with uh, good old JR coming out to let you know that the, you know, <laughs> the real the real show is about to start. All right, I see again. It's one of these things that sometimes the commentators sort of blend into the background. Um, but up first with the match that was speculated that, that might not happen, MGF versus Wardlow. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest, lads, right? I've, I've seen it all on wrestling Twitter, right? Uh, MGF, plane tickets, all these sort of stories kicking about. Um I didn't believe it for a second because I think they were maybe just trying to draw some eyes to the product. Um, 
Simon, who can't be here tonight because his wife told him that he needs to do the dishes. Uh, it's just that's a true story. Sai, <laughs> hi Sai. Uh, he's not allowed to come on tonight. Um, but he he believed it. He was trying to work out if it was a work or not. And this is Sai that's lived through <laughs> how many years of wrestling, and he's still trying to work out if things are works or not. Um, but I uh, did any of you boys think this was a work or a shoot or? Um, what did, what did you think about this whole situation of MGF and his contract? I, I think they're just trying to blow the lines. Personally, I don't think he'll go to WWE, or if he will, I, I don't think it'll be the end of this contract. I think it's just one of these things where they're trying to sort of blow these lines between reality and and wrestling. Um, Zander, yep. you, you're 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 in with it. Oh, take when you go. You're in yep. with it. You can see Dave guy, aren't you? you can see it build up to that Bret Hart '96, wasn't it? You know. Will he stay? Will he go? And then he announces that I'll be AEW. I'm all elite for life. And you know, either that or he does a total reverse Shane Douglas and just you know FWWE. I'm staying here. Um, I, I actually think that whole little schmoz thing took away from the the storyline itself. It's uh, you know, I was supposed to be Wardlow's coming out party. Um, it's like a part Batista Triple H storyline, part Goldust entrance. Uh, Goldberg. <laughs> Goldust. <laughs> <laughs> Wardlow coming out, rubbing himself and then asking name. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I mean that, that was that was all good. And it's like it was like it was a surprising match match to start start the show. You know, a seven minute squash uh, squash match. Um I know they wanted to start it hot, but you know, that's I think the whole little, you know, Cyber rumours for ten percent of the audience took a lot away from it. Um, as a match itself, Xander, what did you think? Because we debated this in our chat earlier on. Again, Sai thought, "Oh, it's terrible that they shouldn't have booked it as a squash match." Personally, I, I thought this was really the only way that this could go because if it's a competitive match, then I think you take a wee bit away from Wardlow, whereas you want to build him up as this sort of monster. But what did you think? Was it was this the right way to go? Because we know Tony's booking to be a wee bit hit or miss. Um, uh, what's your no, thoughts no, on this match overall? Uh, no, I, I, I do agree. I think it is. Um, I think Wardlow's their next big, big star. Um, he, he certainly got the look. Uh, he, he can go in the ring. Everyone has already fallen in love with him. So it, it just seems like the right idea to have him squash the biggest heel in the company. Probably the biggest heel in wrestling right now, I'd probably say. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you really believe that it's... Um, it's all a work that he wants to, to leave AEW, you know, because you always hear about um, they try to come in an agreement and uh, about his new contract and, and there was something going on and then all of a sudden he's um, showing up for working and going home straight after and stuff, you know, he's, he's not respecting the business that way and whatnot. Um, you always hear stuff like that now and when when Wardlow's uh, running through many a squash match, it sort of, you know, sort of adds a bit of fuel with the fire that way, I think. And I think that may be why he's booked that way. Because I personally thought that MGF would have been booked to play in his head a little bit here. Because, of course, you know, I feel that's what the story was kind of building to it a bit as well. Uh, and, and then Wardle would have would eventually win after beating the mind games. But it, it did just seem like I'm just going to absolutely pillow bomb you about 100 times. And then I'll, I'll eventually pin you to beat you. Um, but overall, I thought I thought the match was was fine. Uh, I also thought the crowd were, were decently up for it as well, which is good. You know that always helps a match. But um, you know, if I was high school ranking this, I don't know, probably give it a, a B plus. Why is it? 
this is one of these things where it doesn't need to be the, the one hour six star in the Tokyo Dome match. This is one of these matches that is a storyline match. It's there to further, like you say, MGS a dick, right? <laughs> that, that is the role he plays. He is the dick. Um, Wardlow is, is a big sort of jock. He, he's come out to get his revenge. He gets his revenge. He dominated them. Now, I'm pretty sure that they'll probably put Wardlow in a feud to keep him going. Um, and it would not surprise me one bit if in a couple of months, MGF takes the belt off Punk. And then you'll have that rematch to do. And then you'll have this Wardlow rematch to do because Wardlow will say, I was the last guy to beat you or whatever. You know what I mean? It just sort of writes itself there. So you've almost, totally can. Hmm? you've almost applied logic to AEW booking because I was thinking, uh, who does Wardlow feud with after this? What the hell does MGF do? Because you've just, you know, literally squashed the best heel you've got in the company. Um. You, you almost make sense, sir, in the fact that, you know, can MGF then get back in a title feud, take it off um, Punk to drop it to Wardlow? Punk? Yeah. yeah. The only thing is that they've just done the war, the MGF Punk thing. Yeah, that's... Which that, is why that's the thing I thought... Aye, that, that's why I thought that when they two had the rivalry, I think MGF won the first one, didn't he? And then Punk won the second. Am I right in saying that? Punk won the the dog collar match, I thought they might have um, let MGF win that, so he was two for zero against Punk, and then after this sort of Wardlow feud, they went on a feud with Punk again. We sort of visiting that once Punk won the belt, but but anyway. Um, well, I, this, was, that, this was the start of the Wardlow turn as well during that dog collar match. Yeah. When he bulged um, up to the ring. So, this storylines are almost interlinking. Yeah, which I quite like when they do that. Um, mm-hmm. But again, who, again, it's going to be interesting. It's something we'll talk about when we can want to talk about the Punk match. Who, where, where do they go from here? But we'll probably ask that at all these matches. Uh, next for Wardlow, I suspect they'll put him with a big guy. Um, I'm trying to think who's sort of big on the AEW roster. Is he, he's just did that operation or something. Just had his second hip done. You you Aye. might be looking at um, House of Black with uh, Brody Kong because you needed a big heel unless you're putting or, him or a group. Aye, you need Aye. a big heel or a group. Or um, or you're putting him against um, Keith Lee, but he's face. And let's be honest, you could put him against the undisputed elite, and you just you know eat them and shit them. Samoa so Joe might be good for him. I know Joe's a face. I think. But Joe yes. would teach him how to work a, a, a sort of bigger style. But uh, Wardlow's interesting. He's probably, he's, he's obviously been compared to Goldberg because of the sort of style, the size of him and whatnot. Um, but Wardlow and MJF are the two MVPs. But uh, the, the other thing that's really interesting about how AEW goes with their pay-per-view schedule is that you've got you know, basically a four-month cycle with four weeks, four hours of television a week. So you yeah. can give away a whole storyline arc before you get to your next pay-per-view. It's true. That is true. Um, so anyway, as we said, Wardlow goes over after about 204 power bombs. Um, uh, uh, sometimes I'm like, you can power bomb somebody too much because at what point does it sort of lose its impact? 
but it is what it is. Um, Shivani reveals that Wardlow is now all elite. Hey, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it now. Um, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. Probably a dream match for some. Uh, I am on record, Xander, saying that I am not a fan of Young Bucks. I hate their face. I hate their 700 super kicks that clearly don't hurt anyone. Um, I'm hating the fact that they take more punishment than the Road Warriors in the prime of 1986. Um, <laughs> the Hardys are clearly done. Um, Colin, who was sort of trying to say that Jeff was working some sort of gimmick, Sai seems to think he was sort of drunk again halfway through this match. But, I mean, I say I, I'm no fans of the on-box, right? But they're, they're fit, they're in ring shape, they're youngish, they're healthy, they can do all the gymnastics. I think, here yeah, they showed up with what Hardys used to be. I mean, taking me over old enough to remember the sort of Hardys, when the, <laughs> the young box, pardon the pun, um, back in like 99 when they were having the first set of ladder matches with and Christian. And uh, now they're, they're the old guys that are hanging about with the kids and, and they're far too old to be doing this sort of stuff. But uh, what was your thoughts on this match? This was a this mean this was one that never really appealed to me. I could see it being a dream match for some, but I mean Matt Hardy can barely boom and move. Um you know, he got that concussion in one of the first stadium stampede things a couple of years ago. Jeff Hardy in terms of the Hardys, uh they were dead in the water when oh, I'm going to run down to save my um brother, but I'm going to dance first. Um it was just, I could see where people would get excited about it. I think the only surprise was they never dug out a ladder. Uh, the young box I actively detest with a passion, uh, even for the way that they look like they do a stupid little video game style run. Uh, don't see or like you know ladies playing football. The only good thing about this feud was we got Gangrel on Friday night on Dark, and um, the Hardys cosplayed. Um, sorry, the young box cosplayed the Hardys. Complete with Brandon Cutler as Lita with a thong. Uh, um, and then the bell rang on the Sunday night. Xander, do you think it was any better than this? Are we two old guys shouting at clouds? No, no, honestly, you're really not far off, to be quite honest, because, it, you know, growing up watching, watching wrestling at a very young age as well, um, I didn't get the best Hardys, you know, I'll, I'll admit that. The best Hardys were early 2000s, but they were still awesome before 2010. Like, just before 2010, they were still a lot of fun to watch. You know, they, they weren't as quick as before, but they were still doing just crazy-ass shit. Um, and, and they were still very appealing to someone my age at that point, uh, which was minus 10. But uh, it, it, it's kind of mental that I've already seen the best Young Bucks versus Hardys match, and that was the night before the Hardys re-debuted in WWE. Um, Mania 35, I think that was. Uh, the night before, they had a, a brilliant ladder match with Young Bucks uh, for the Impact tag titles. Uh, Young Bucks win it, obviously. Hardys, you know, drop the belts and then they go and win the Raw tag team titles the next night. You know, better tag titles, am I right? Um, uh, but this one, nah, I, I really wasn't that, that much into it. Uh, I felt that, I, felt, I just felt the match never really got going, to be quite honest. I, I know it's a Young Bucks match and it's kind of um, hard to say that, but I just feel like there are points where the Hardys just kind of ruin it the whole way through until... 
probably the very end where they, they do that sort of last finishing spot and then the Hardys take it. I actually like, you know, that was a good little spot at the end. But other than that, I just didn't, I couldn't click with the match. I, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. No, it's, I, I think it's one of those things that if you write it down or are you at a fantasy book it and take the Hardys from the N9, right? If you took the Hardys from 1999 and put them against the Young Bucks today, they would have the flipping match that, that everybody sort of wanted, but ah, it's oh, the Hardys need to wrap it. I can under, I, I wasn't a fan of broken Matt Hardy, right? That's just not my my bag, but I can understand why I try to do something different. Um, but no, no, not for me. Um, right, we're not going to go into all fourteen matches. Um, we'll just touch on some of them quickly. Anna J versus Jade Cargill. Did anyone watch this? Flick, flick through it. It's secondary women's title. I'm like, nah. I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty big Jade Cargo simp, so I kind of watch this for a bit. Um, with the, with the big uh, <laughs> uh, I never watched it. Um, I, I just don't think AEW need two women's titles. I don't think they're, they're big enough in the women's division. And I say that again, I'm, I'm not a great lover of women's wrestling, but. Um, they had, they had th- three women's matches and an intergender match on the card of 14 so in terms of our roster it's not that bad and uh, Tony got a new addition to the toy box with the, the former Ember Moon so they're certainly, yeah. they're certainly growing I don't even know if they inherited any females ROH titles but you know Jade Cardo generally I like it, it was just I was wanting to get to uh, other stuff on the show. Right, Death Triangle versus the House of Black. Now, um, I don't mind Pac. I think he can have a decent match. The, the was it Pento and whatever the boys call Phoenix. Um, not a fan. Too much flippiness for me. Uh, the other side, Alistair Black was just. Everybody used to rave him in WWE and never seen it. I just know we get Hunter's tattoos. Um, Murphy, nah, doesn't do it for me. Just he's one of these sort of interchangeable guys, and I don't even know who the last man is. Who's the last man in that house of black? He's like um, like Malachi Black, but like one and a half times the size from from Ring of Honor. The the only one to take uh, nah. is that uh, Julia Hart's finally gone. Full Bifter Alexa Bliss. Lights went out. She spits in someone from Death Triangle's face, and now she's the the female part, the female member of the House of Black faction because, you know, diversity and inclusion and all that. I uh, um, um Sandra, you're old enough to remember Own Heart, uh, but we had an Own Heart Foundation men's tournament final, Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Um, this match probably happened in NXT last year at some point. Uh, Adam Cole is one of these guys that I just think he's just a wee bit too small. Um, I would have booked Joe to win here, but I say that as a big Samoa Joe fan. I, I love the stuff in TNA. I love that presentation of Joe where he's like, he just comes down, kicks ass, Joe's going to kill you, that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. as soon as I seen Adam Cole with pink tights on, I thought, oh, here we go. 
they're going to try and rebuild them after some of the nonsense he's put, put through. Xander, you watch TNA Impact, whatever they want to call it now. What did you think of this match? Um, I had it on in the background. I want to be honest, it was on the background, and then I seen Cole going over. But what were your thoughts on this match? Um, I actually thought it was a, a it's a good wrestling match. I mean, it's kind of like I, I'd be surprised if anyone has a bad wrestling match of Samoa Joe. To be quite honest, um, he, he sort of carries anybody that he's in the ring with. Um, kind of like Bret Hart that way, actually. Uh, and he, he, yeah, I mean, Joe was awesome in Ring of Honor. He had a fantastic run with that belt. And, and he was great in TNA as well. Um, some really good memorable matches there uh, with Styles and uh, with Angle. Um, even some good ones with, with Bubba Ray, actually. Um, and he, uh, when he was going to go to WWE, there was high hopes for him. Uh, he had awesome matches in NXT again. And it was all the injuries uh, that really sucked. And now that he's in AEW, I'm hoping that he does have more great matches. I feel like this is another one as well with, with Adam Cole. I like Adam Cole as a wrestler. Uh, I, think, I think he's got a really good gimmick going. Uh, fans love him. He's a total fan favourite. That um that boom that he still has got going on um still gets a good pop so uh, you know I, I feel like it peaked in NXT a bit but it still still does well in AEW uh, and and yeah no I thought this was a, a good good technical wrestling match that you're going to get from Samoa Joe you're going to get the classic Adam Cole wrestling match as well and I will be honest I think the right guy won here because I don't think they're ready for Cole to go straight for the belt yet which I personally thought he was going to do as soon as they they brought him in. I thought he was going to go straight for that title and win it, but um, they're clearly going to hold off a bit on that. And I think the Owen Hart Foundation Cup is probably the right way to go right now. Um, Craig, we mentioned there the the injuries that uh, Samojo has suffered, and he's. Well, we mentioned there a little bit. All Rangers fans, he's got a wee bit of the Kamar Rus about him, haven't he? Where he's absolutely brilliant if you can keep him fit, but that's a big if. Um, did you watch this match and what's your thought, 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 sort of thoughts on Cole and Joe? I did and I thought I thought it was a good match um, was I a fan of you know you're giving tribute to Owen Hart and then having a little bit of heel interference uh, I don't I don't know if that was if that was the right that, the right way to do did it really need the Bobby Fish Interference, um, possibly not. Uh, the other one as well, the build-up to the Sloan Hart final was they had Martha Hart in the stand in episode of Dynamite and they had Jeff Hardy against Darby Allen. Um, but this was a... But you got, you've got the intro with... Um, Darby Allen falling out of a helicopter. You've got Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen chucking them off ladders right in front of Martha Hart. <laughs> Which I thought was a little bit crass. Um, in terms of match, yeah, fine. Was a fan of the heel interference. What I would say overall for this show, though, is that you can't fault these uh, guys for not getting the time. You know, the shortest match was seven, thir- seven and a half minutes for the Wardlow squash. And the uh, and then I think the longest was the Hardys or uh, the Hardy Boys. Um, so there's certainly no one two minute matches like you see it with an earlier WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, um, I I wonder if we'll see more of these matches between these two. I know AEW isn't big on rematches, but there could be a wee bit of come up there. Um, 
Then we had the Owen Art Foundation Women's Tournament, Britt Baker, DMD versus Ruby Soho. Anyone watched this one or was this a fast-forward button? I did see the result, but for me, it was a fast-forward number. No, I watched it. Both had uh, live uh, live band intros. Um, Ruby Soho as the the face underdog. It's almost like uh, Liv Morgan is right now on Raw. Um, Britt Baker, I just think, is absolutely dynamite. I think she's brilliant. Um, but yeah, right. Which is not, which is not, you know, trying to cover herself in blood and thumbtacks to get five stars from Uncle Dave. Uh, Britt Baker focuses on the wrestling. She's a uh, pretty damn good and such a a good heel. Um. Right, you mentioned. Oh, sorry, Xander, did you have any comments on this match? Um, no, yeah, I, I watched it as well. I thought it was it was fine. Um, I think Britt Baker's had better matches. I also think Ruby Soho's had better matches. Um, they they just went after Joe and Cole, which I thought was really good. Um, and and I suppose it does get to the point in the show, doesn't it, where you're kind of like kind of just waiting for the main event here now, to be honest. Uh, and and you know it, it, you sort of gloss over it a little bit. It was not a, it's not a terrible wrestling match. Um, I, I just yeah, it kind of glosses over for the bit of uh, what to watch that main event coming up. And yeah, Brett Baker takes um, that very obvious win here. Um, they're then presented with belts by Martha Hart, Doctor Martha um, Hart. <laughs> um, next up, uh, we had. A- Trio and our gender trios match. Um, Paige Van Zandt, who I'm a, a big fan of on Instagram, uh, great uh, motivation for workouts and whatnot. Uh, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page versus Ty Conte, Sammy Guevara, and Kazarian. And I'm going to be honest, I skipped this match. Absolutely no interest. Not even Paige Van Zandt could make me watch this nonsense. Any of you boys have any particular opinions on this one? Um, to be honest, I, I was I was the same. I wasn't. I haven't really been following the the story leading into this, if it even was a proper one. Um, I know that Sammy Kevada and Tay Conter are meant to be like the hottest young couple right now. Um, really not. Yeah, really wasn't up for it at all. Um, seen some of the spots, and that was that was kind of you know the spots were fine. It, it th- this match would have felt nice if it was on the pre-show, to be honest. But they wanted to stick it quite late in the show, so. Uh, this might have been the let me up match for. Um before some of the big hitters come out in a while. Um, as I say, they couldn't even get me to watch this. Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, again, I think I skipped this. Darby, for me, is one of these guys that's not really kicked on. I, th- I enjoyed his match with Punk last year, but but he's not really... I, I think he's got a cool story. and I say, I'm not a fan of dives, but I think when he does the dive, it, it, it's for a reason. and like, He puts his full body weight in it. And it's hardly any of it. So if he hits you a dive, you can understand why it would take five or six big dives to really get one of the bigger guys down or whatnot. Um, any major thoughts on, on this match, any of you boys? I'm a I'm a big fan of Kyle O'Reilly's selling. Um, I think I think he's a, he's a good seller in a match. You know, even even when it's over the top, I still think he's quite entertaining that way. Um, but I, I do agree with you though. After Derby's match, after Punk, you know. And like that was that was kind of Punk's big match back, you know that that was that was the main one that the Derby should have kicked on from afterwards after seeing you know Punk's 
return match. Really should have um, hit the highs on that one, but it seems like seems like Darby Allen's fine doing this. Seems like everyone else is fine writing them like this, and so yeah, we just kind of have to accept the fact that Darby Allen's going to be this like sort of late upper card on pay per view. Um, is he still is he still with Sting actually? I think he is, but I think Sting is injured. Sting's injured. Ah, uh, uh, he's fucked, Just uh, to be honest, if you keep that going for a while, get, I'm sure Darby will for something. Um, I mean, the strange thing is, like, they can't even do the whole like one turns on the other because things pay for his age. Um, True. But but anyway, uh, good. But going back to the you know America top team and uh, Sammy and uh, Ty, it's like I, it's amazing how they've got how um, Sammy Guevara's gone from. Probably like the up and coming face to you know the heel, uh, and Dan Lambert's now a face. It's just absolute cracker. And Kazarian still relevant in twenty twenty two. Cracker! Something from watching Derry Girls. Um, right, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deep. I'm going to get a feeling that Xander would have liked this match because I think you said before that you're a fan of both of these ladies. I mean, Serena Deeb's good. Serena Deeb's good at what she does. Um, I'm pretty sure she was a, a trainer in NXT for a while, and I now believe that she actually trains someone like AEW. Um, so she, she's a good wrestler, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Thunder Rosa. I, I, I don't know why. I, there's something about her that um, that I, I think she's got it, and, and that's why I know that she'd be the first to beat Britt Baker, because, um, yeah, she, she's super over as well. And I actually thought this match was, was pretty good. Yeah, you, you've got two really good wrestlers in there, two very different um, characters as well, but, but similar styles, so you're going to get a great match out of it. And, um, yeah, no, I, I thought this was a, a really good, like, solid um, world title match, genuinely. Um, and, of course, the, the right person won as well. Thunder Rosa kept the belt. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of people that, that keep the belt for a long time, um, especially if you're, you're good at, you know, and you look good as well with it. So, uh, I thought the match was, was, was really good. Oh, I we've discussed on here okay, before uh, WCW late '99, haven't we? <laughs> um, or is it 2000 where there's like 114 title changes in two weeks? Um, so people keeping belts is I, I'm I'm definitely for that. But did you watch this one, Kiki boy? And is it is this your bag? Yeah, I mean to be honest, I'd rather watch the women's product than watch the young bucks. Um, but no. That's just my personal opinion, but I just think I think the structure of the show wasn't quite there. I think that they shot their load too early with, you know, the, the Wardlow MGF squash and then the, the Hardys against the Young Bucks. Um, and so then it had like started hot and then it's got this sort of mid-dip to then try and build up to the, the crescendo. But I would have probably had this a little bit earlier on in the card. Um, but I appreciate with the women's title, you've now got to sort of have it almost on par with with the males one. But no, Serena Deep always been a fan of her. I thought she was brilliant um, in the Straight Edge Society um, with Punk Gallows and Joey Mercury. You, you never know if we might see a reincarnation of that further down the line. Um. I'm trying to think of the, the phrase to use for the next match. The Jericho Appreciation Society, and I think we need to talk about Jericho because he gets involved in everything. 
and it always seems to be these stupid matches with the football field one, um, and now it's this one. I seen them come out looking like Backstreet Boys, circa nineteen ninety nine, and I just went, nope. Um, I'm not a fan of. I don't even know who's in Jericho's crew, right? I know who Jake Hager is, right? Obviously, I know who Jericho is. Eddie Kingston, I think, was making a sort of the bits I saw, right? And people listening to me know that I'm not dynamite every week. I'm in and out of AEW. And I think Eddie Kingston, again, after the, the punk stuff and even the Jericho match he had, um, he was that sort of working class guy who. It was very much like an ECW character, you know what I mean, where he was quite down to earth. He wasn't a superhero. He wasn't a, a chief. He was just a guy, a guy. You you could relate to um, giving it all, giving it his all. He may not always win, right? But you know he'll give it his all. Uh, Daniel Bryan is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I still think he's a wee tiny bit small, but that's a, a debate for another day. And Moxley is what Moxley is. But they just sort of shoved all of this into one, and I said, I just, I just immediately skipped it. Um, mm-hmm. I seen there was blood involved. I seen at one point the camera, Jericho tried to put the camera on a swinging pole into Moxley's face and missed him, and oh, it was just a farce. Craig, did you did you watch this absolute nonsense? No, I mean I tell you what, I'm this like two point oh is the first I've seen them in is it Menard. The one who looks like he's got an ecky jaw on him. Um, <laughs> oh, he does. Uh, and it's like, who the hell is this? And then I thought it must be like someone from the Young Bucks training academy. Then I found out the guy's like 40 years old, but also French-Canadian. So it made a little bit of sense. Um, Danielson, what were you doing getting involved in this shit? Um, it was basically a form for Moxley, who I've always thought has been an appalling worker. Um, even this spot with him and Danielson doing the the hammer elbows in the middle of the ring where Mox is barely connecting. Oh, they did a little homage to um, to New Jack by keeping Moxley's theme music playing for you know about the first ten minutes of the show. Um, but Wild Thing, formerly by the Trogs, used to be the theme song for Wolf from Gladiators in the early nineties. It's like Nope. Um, yeah, I, I hope Tony's got some money set aside for you know hepatitis claims and shit like that. Uh, right, Xander, you you talk up this match. You, you must have enjoyed this. <laughs> I say, hoping that somebody will say something good about it. I'll uh, I'll get a running from Simon, who's just fired in our group chat, saying playing the wild thing music while they brawl. This is awesome. Smiley face emoji. Ah, Simon's just Simon. Simon, it's <laughs> Simon. Simon. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I, I'll be honest. Like in, in terms of tag team wrestling right now in, in AEW, I'm not. It's not clicking for me. Still, I, I I just don't know what it is. It, it's you know you you're sticking a bunch of good guys in there, um, but they know how to work, and they know how to work with each other. You know they've all got good chemistry together. But uh, in terms of the, the tag team style that I'm seeing. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm just, I'm just not. It's not clicking with me, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that they use more of of FTR because I, I still think FTR is one of the best tag teams in, in North America right now. Uh, the, the stuff, the stuff that they do, they keep it simple. 
um, they keep it classical. Like I, I love them. I don't know why they're not used so much more in AW to be honest. But um, I, I thought I thought the match was again. I thought it was okay. But um, I feel like these guys have been tag champions for like ever to be honest. And I feel like maybe we should see something different. I don't know. It's it doesn't make sense for the face manager Christian and what happened. Bob Backlund did it for Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 2000. Yeah, guys, you're going to put your belts up against two teams, so you've got twice as much a chance of losing, particularly when one of them's Keith Lee and um, Jungle Boys, for all intents and purposes, a midget, um, comes out of the back <laughs> of his partner's shoulders. They win the match, and then Jungle Boys on Christian's shoulders it's like are you really trying to say that one half of your tag team champions is just the mascot the little kid but tomorrow night on dynamite we get um jungle express um christian cage the hardy brothers against the undisputed elite on uh, wednesday night on dynamite um they, they certainly love a a tag team match, didn't they? Like a multi-man thing. A uh, ten-man. We'll, we'll have to do a watch along for Canadian Stampede '97. Show them how it's done. Um, let's say I've not seen this much fun in tag team wrestling since uh, Teddy Long was the GM of SmackDown. We've got one on one. What are you going to take? a tag team match player. Um, I. I can't get my head around the FTR thing. Um, no. They were great heels. They were great baby faces. And they, they just don't get used often enough. Um, I just I cannot work it out for the life of me. Uh, again, Jungle Boy, there was a period last year when I think there was a chance of getting them over. Um, but... <laughs> It just—it seems to get further and further away. You're you're filing him with Brian Pillman Jr. Aye, you know? a wasted chance. Which is which is a shame because there's potential in both of them. Uh, it definitely is. But um, right on to the main event: uh, CM Punk challenging Hangman Adam Page, who I think has been an absolute disaster as AEW champ. Uh, any time I've dipped in and out, it's again we've spoken about it before. How sometimes when it's their first run with a title, they, they, they don't really fill it, and perhaps they need to lose it and then regain it. Um, Punk could even fit in that category because when he was champ for the first time, uh, I'm pretty sure he, like, he wasn't the main event pay per views and stuff like that. Um, Randy and Cody punted him, but he never even got to defend it. Yeah, that uh, was that was that scramble scrambles, match. Scrambles, yeah. <laughs> uh, horrible matches, stupid. Um, Craig, thoughts on this? And Punk eventually takes home the belt. They had to put the belt on Danielson and Punk, didn't they? Um, from my point of view, see, I'm a big CM Punk fan. I I thought they might have put it on Danielson last year, but they're probably thinking that they've got Danielson for longer. Because I, th- I still think Punk will be very much uh, a few years. Um, he's not getting any younger. Uh, he's, he's only 43. You know, I know, but... He's um, younger than you think. Um, ach, you know, I mean, to be honest, you feel bad for Hangman Page. AEW had to have their first 
how would we call it organic champion i.e. someone that had champions somewhere else not came straight from WWE or you know the Japan super mark hero um, and they'd hung their hat and I mean and it was a logical choice but he just never had that star feel from the off I thought the, the matches with um, Danielson were good but you know you just gotta let Danielson now languish and until they build him up for was there not some woman mental triple threat match about 20 years ago in Ring of Honor where it was like Punk, Joe and Danielson they went for like an hour triple threat time limit? Yeah, it's, 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 or was, it's one of the best Ring of Honor matches of all time, to be honest. Or was it Chris Daniels? Was well, it? actually, uh, Styles, Chris Daniels and Joe have the best TNA match of all time. Aye. But you, you, you know fine well they're going to try and do this bloody triple threat ROH five-star tribute 20 years later. Uh, fair play to CM Punk. It was nice to see him get a win in Las Vegas after his previous two visits. Um, but uh, he wasn't facing Mickey Gall. Um, yeah, it, it's always logical Punk's going to be there. Um, the match itself... They, think they try to do you know WrestleMania 12 in half the time, but the Hangman Larry is an absolutely appalling move. And the amount of times they botched the the Hangman Larry go go to sleep number, it was like guys, you built your match around this spot. You'd think you'd at least get it right. Um, but yeah, but the, the ending was it was was very predictable, much like the Owen Hart tournament. Um, and but. You're interested to see where we go after this. Who, who's um, Punk's challenge going to be? You imagine Paige will probably take up a couple of weeks' t- TV time to get the rematch. I don't think you build a, th- a three-month rematch program um, until. The- oh no, what? Tell I the next pay per view is not three months. It's about six weeks away. Um, Forbidden yeah. Door in uh, Chicago, which made it even more obvious right. that um, Punk was going to was going to be the. Uh, was going to be entering America. that yeah. June, June the 26th uh, not long to go United Centre in Chicago um, which is good for Punk getting the hometown pop and if a heel was to get the title back good for a Chicago riot <laughs> um, I mean we, we, we're all, I think we'll do a pod and we'll talk about how we would have booked Hyman Adam Page as the first homegrown AEW champion um, I, 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 with a lot of AEW's booking, I can see what they were trying to do. They just didn't quite achieve it. Um, but I say that that's a pod for another day. Um, the match itself was okay. Uh, could have been better. Could have been worse. Like you say, a whole lot of botches when it comes to those uh, uh, buckshot larrys at the go to sleep. Again to go to sleep. I, um, but end of the day, Punk wins. And Xander, where do they go now? Who would you book against CM Punk in Chicago? Do you think they're going to go down the New Japan route, or do you think they're going to go with a rematch with Hangman, or is it going to be a heel? And I'm trying to think of a heel on the roster that's sort of over enough to challenge Punk. Like, would they, would they elevate someone like Jericho back into the title picture for this? Yeah, it is an interesting one now because you you sort of wonder, do you just go 
with the obvious, you know, the obvious um, Hangman Page rematch, um, just have a, a solid main event in Chicago, or, or do you move Hangman Page on? Where do you move him on as well? You know, where does where does Adam Page go from here? I sort of feel like, you know, I, I agree with you, gents. I, I did feel as though Page was more of a a one rivalry type of guy, in terms of Omega was kind of the big rivalry that he had, and after that it was kind of like, oh, here's you know a really good match here and there, but nothing really got. There was nothing that got really going um, in terms of the writing for the for his title run, but obviously with Omega, the story wrote itself, and, and that felt really organic as well, uh, and, and it was a, a really good payoff. But of course, Danielson, a fantastic match, nothing really there in terms of story though and stuff. And then Punk again, you know, there was some good back and forth between the two of them, and I thought the match itself was actually really good. But again, wasn't like a wasn't a, a massive hit, you know, one where like it's selling all the tickets, it's getting all the butts and seats and stuff. Um, it it just it just it didn't quite. It, it's just not been the best I run. So Hangman Page and 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 as, as Craig pointed out, actually you do kind of feel bad for him because he he is that first organic champion and he almost feels like one of those you know he's one of ours. He's the people's champion. So um, yeah, that 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 kind of sucks for him. But hopefully um, the second time that he gets the belt because you can imagine there's going to be a second time. Uh, you hope you hope that's a bit of a better run for him. Um, in terms of Punk's future, that is going to be an interesting one. And I'm now curious if you maybe want him MJF back in the picture a little bit. He's not really had his huge spotlight at the top, I would say, for very long. Um, and talking about, you know, getting some heel heat on beating Punk at Chicago, MJF would be also perfect for that as well, with all with everything that's going on outside the, the ring as well about him. So uh, maybe you go down that route or, you know, yeah, you just play it safe and let Punk have a, a nice lengthy reign, I don't know lose it in December at some point, I'm not sure. It's, it's a hard one to call there, and I'm sure Tony Khan will have a nice snort of cocaine while he thinks about it. Here's a here's a suggestion. Now, we know AEW in New Japan uh, Forbidden Door is going to be a Bullet Club wank fest. Adam Cole just won the uh, Owen Hart Foundation. He's a New Japan boy. There you go, Adam Cole, punk. Punk jobs, punk jobs out of Cole, takes some time off. Is Punk on our, I'll be here every week, or is Punk doing the Lesnar, if you will? Dwayne, um, I just don't think people would take Adam Cole as a credible threat to Punk. Well, do you remember when he was feuding with Page and he actually put the belt on? The belt like covers more than half his body. Oh, it does. Um, it's, it's frightening. Um, I don't know. I, you know, like I say, I know they're not really fans of doing rematches or whatnot. Um, but if they wanted to wrap up this MGF story, they could have Tony Khan agree to give him a title shot as part of him signing an extension or something. Uh, but again, this is me trying to apply logic to Tony Khan booking. Um, I, I don't know. I said usually you look at. In the old school, you would look at people that have had a, a heel run as your IC champion and then maybe moved up a wee bit to just under the under the main the main title contenders. I mean, you talked about Rusev. He, he'd be brilliant if he come back. I think he could be built up. Um, I don't know who, who you, you build that. I mean, Punk usually sells Chicago himself. But you would like to have some sort of doubt going there in your mind. Oh, is he going to beat such and such? Um, I, I honestly don't know. 
But you you mentioned him, Craig. Tony Khan can only well, he took the nip and the the post match press scrum or whatever you want to call it, uh, after some comments about Eric Bischoff had made. Um what were your thoughts on Eric Bischoff's comments about CM Punk being the biggest waste of money ever um and uh, Tony taking the nip with it? Was that what he actually said? I just thought he was doing his modern-day Herbie Abrams routine. Um, I don't know how you quantify the biggest waste of money ever. Um, it's still not proven if CM Punk is that. Um, I can certainly think other waste of money on the, the AEW roster. Um, Moxley, for one, who... What was, yeah. it, what was it we had in our group chat? He's the second highest paid wrestler in the world at the minute. Something like that. Yeah, like, was he like third or fourth or something? Like ahead of Reigns or something like that? That was mental when I read that. Aye, but then of course he's got like three three contracts, AEW, GCW and, and New Japan. So, um, ah, fair play, you got to defend, defend your product. I really do think that, you know, Tony Cadge should sit in the background and maybe have a Jack Tunney. And do the talking, both, you know, on air and uh, and uh, in the in the press area. Or just get my boys boys the acclaimed out. I'd be happy with that. Uh, Xander, would you reply to Eric Bischoff, or would you just see it as Eric trying to make some cash with some controversy, as he has been known to do in the past? Oh yeah, not. I mean, I I probably I probably dig in something you know a little bit there, you know. What's this guy doing commenting on my stuff when he can't keep his stuff on his own stuff going? But the the way that the way that Tony Khan reacts to it is almost kind of like you, you're kind of telling Eric Bischoff you got in my head a little bit there well, um, about that. And the, the what I'm sort of thinking as well is are we all forgetting that WWE gave Kane Velasquez a multi year contract for one match and then he get chucked after it? Surely that's a big waste of money in wrestling, right? Like that was that was a shit show that entire situation. Um, he, he jobbed out to Lesnar in Saudi Arabia and then was supposed to be in the Rumble a couple of months later, wasn't in the Rumble, and then he was just let go after signing a, like a big multi-year deal with him. It was such a waste of time and money for both parties there. Yet Eric Bischoff believes that CM Punk's the biggest waste of money when so it's actually brought a lot of eyes to AEW's product. Okay, no, not millions that people thought it would be, but it was still, it was still eyes there. Um, you know, he got a you got to spend that huge, huge money to to see it in the long run. And, and Tony Khan knows all about that in wrestling. Not in football, of course. Fulham are going to do terrible next season. But he knows he knows about it in wrestling. And so, fair, fair play to him for, for getting Punk. You know, no, nobody could get him. You know, not one person was going to bring Punk back. But yet, AEW does. And um, if you can convince someone as stubborn as Punk to come back to wrestling, then it's kind of, you're clearly doing something right. Uh, I'm probably the wrong person to ask if I think... <laughs> Punk's the biggest waste of money because, um, I said before, I'm a big CM Punk fan, so see, not the best person to ask. Uh, Eric Bischoff used to spend money on rappers and whatnot to play concerts at Nitro. Um, he's probably not the best person to be taking financial advice from when it comes to wrestling companies. I, I like Eric, I've nothing against him. But, uh, yeah, I mean... To be fair, this isn't Bischoff having too many white clothes and too many lines of coke. I mean, it's generally been, you know, Tony Khan's been opening his gob about, you know, I'm going, I'm, we're doing better than WCW the whole time. 
the fact that you know Eric fires back, um, and probably does it at the inopportune moment. Um, it's it, it's certainly not you know poor wee Tony getting picked on by bitter old Eric. Oh uh, no! You know, Kane Velasquez. I wouldn't want to tell him he's a waste of money. Although I would need a visiting permit to see him at present. Um, I mean, if you're talking about waste of money, Mark Henry was 15 years in WWE before he'd done anything worthwhile. Uh, but um, wrestling's literally, literally littered with waste of money. Um, but again, that's a, a pod, I think, for another day. Um, right, that sort of sums up the, the EW... Round up, I'm trying to think of else we'll mask. Uh, no, um, I think overall, I, I saw school paper view. I don't think it will go down or, or trouble WrestleMania 17 as, as one of the greatest ever. Just very quickly, lads, uh, WWE news they have had to move money in the bank to a smaller arena um, because they've not sold enough tickets. Um, Craig, we were old enough to sort of remember they done similar with WrestleMania 7. They claimed it was a bomb threat or something like that. Uh, well, to be honest, when they're, when they're making Cody the front of house for advertising all over the product, there you go. Um, what, I, was I it they've actually handled Cody quite well. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, they are. They're do- they're doing absolutely everything they can. They put them with the annoying heels. They're getting the Austin rub, but there is going to come the point where Cody is just Cody, and folk will go, "Oh, Cody." Um, but um, no. I- Money, the bank isn't a big five pay per view. I mean, it certainly shouldn't have been in a an arena of that size anyway. Ah, it was going to be a stadium show, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and the other big WWE news and is that they are coming to Wales. Um, I don't know why Wales was chosen. Um, I thought they would have done Wembley or Wembley Arena or something after all these years. I don't think it's a coincidence that WWE's business is down, or certainly seeming to be down, and they come to the UK. Uh, have you made any plans to travel to Wales, Xander, or are you going to avoid this one because you think it'll be a glorified house show that's not worth paying an absolute fortune for? Um, that, that's exactly it. I don't really see... Well, you know, first of all, it, it's going to be the classic WWE move where the card won't be finalised until this Friday night SmackDown. So, um, you know, I, 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 obviously I don't care if the Americans are going to waste all their money um, on the pay-per-view shows when the card is always subject to change. Uh, but, you know, spending a lot of money to go all the way down to Wales, um, waiting for... I mean, what would you even wait for there, really? What, are you just waiting for Roman Reigns to beat Drew McIntyre? Because that's your definite main event now, right? Is that we're all yeah. thinking McIntyre's going to beat Reigns, but actually, Reigns is actually staying for the whole rest of the year and he's just working as all about this Hollywood career that he's got going on for summer. But, uh, but no, nah, I'm not going to make any plans for it. I believe that some of the Heart and Hand lads might be doing so, but uh, it won't be me. Um, ideally, if again, see if, if they've done something like this once a year, I think they get quite a decent crowd for it. Um, if they, if everything new, right, come September, a bit like 
you know, uh, well, since we're talking about it, the Europa League final, right? Uh, people make plans. They know there's a final. They'll travel to get there, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think if WWE were much like they do with the Saudi shows, if they were to say, okay, every year in August, pick August, right? It's the random month. We will come and we'll do a show somewhere in the UK, whether it be Glasgow, whether it be Manchester, whether it be Newcastle. Um, and then people would try and sort of book up and it would become a sort of event and uh, guys and girls would get together and, and stuff like that. I just think it's something that they've missed for far too long. Um, it's just, UK has always been a good market. I know they used to do like, what was it? What was the shows they used to have, Craig? Um, Insurrection. Insurrection and uh, the one where Davy Boys would, where's my toilet shot? After they hit a step in the head with a bin. Uh, Mayhem in Manchester and stuff like that. So, so it's a market that no one has been there, but they just never fully capitalised on it. Um, the, the old days, it used to be that they, they moan that, oh, the Americans in the time delay. Um, how do you think we watch every pay per view? Um, but Saudi just made that argument redundant. But Yeah, exactly. Two words right out of my mouth. By the same token as well. Why pick bloody Cardiff? It's one of the most inaccessible cities um, in terms of, you know, an airport or even, I think I was going to be like three or four trains um, or, you know, down to London in our tours. The, sh- the prices are higher than giraffe pussy. It's um, over a grand for a four seat and then 200 quid for up in the gods. So I'm like, nah. For a, for what in reality is going to be a glorified house show, um, if we go back, we we talked about the, uh, on the last time, um, if we go back to like 2018 where they were doing that Australia Super Show where it was Triple H against Taker and that gave you your your uh, albeit not the best match of DX against the Brothers Destruction, but you knew you were getting like a a good legend or something coming back and you know not. Um, Mason Ryan or Rob Terry, then uh, <laughs> then then I'd be up for it. But you you just know it's going to be the same glorified house show push, uh, and I'm still annoyed with all these insurrections that I had to pay for to get a hardcore title change if we were lucky. So um, I know for me, um, yeah, I say maybe it's something they'll look at in the future. They'll sort of come back once a year. I do think it's something they could add to the pay-per-view schedule. And, well, the, way the way Wembley's crying out for money, I mean, you would have thought they might have done, you know, 25 years after SummerSlam 92, they might have attempted something. Or even, you know, this is the 30th year after SummerSlam 92, which was, you know, the highest legitimate um, selling show they did. For quite some while, and I don't mean to sound like Met, um, what's his name, Meltzer, but you know that was that was eight, eight, eighty thousand again. That was a venue they changed. They moved um, that from Washington to London. Yeah, uh, um, WWE, and uh, but no, I think for me they, they could have they could have had this on the schedule a long time ago. But money talks, as they say, money talks. Um, okay, lads, I think we'll wrap up. Uh, Oh, well, the one last time we will say about WWE is apparently there's a pay-per-view this weekend, which we only <laughs> just found out about when we Googled it earlier on. Um, Four matches. 
uh, as I say, I'm not really going to the matches and try and predict what's happening because, like you boys touched on there, it will be pretty much Friday night smackdown before we discover what exactly is happening. Um, so we'll wrap it there and we'll try and come back next week and, and do a, a review of the, the WWE Hell on a Cell paper review. Um, on it, just, just thank you boys for coming on. Craig, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. And young Xander, pleasure to have you back, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's um, always good to talk wrestling with you, chaps. Hi, and as Xander mentioned, right at the start, we've been a bit preoccupied with football uh, coming into the season. We'll hope to be with you a lot more regularly over the summer, uh, and so we'll talk to you this time next week about uh, Hell in a Cell. Thank you for listening. was a Quite the Thing media production.